Communication has come a long way. We lived through the invention of email messaging like Yahoo Mail and Gmail, SMS texting through your iPhones or Androids, and now the ever-popular mobile messaging apps like WhatsApp, Signal, or Facebook Messenger. These communication apps have become so important in our day-to-day lives. People send about 30 billion messages a day in Facebook Messenger alone. Today on Things Have Changed, we talk to someone who sits at the forefront of product design for many of the technology communication apps that we use today. We completely redesigned the Messenger with a new user experience, new design, and also new tools to express yourself. It was the start of something big. Jean-Marc Denis is currently a design director at Facebook and was behind many of the features that we take for granted today on Facebook Messenger, like reactions. So one of the, fe- the first features I worked on was uh, reactions. It was not a thing back then. I don't think any apps really had reactions. Yeah, you can't have a chat app today without reaction. Like that's the, ex- that's the baseline expectation for people. And our favorite feature here at CHC, dark mode. Every time we were showing that design, and that design went on screen, people were excited, wanted to use it. And for engineers, they wanted to build it now. We quickly realized we started the fire. He walks us through his experience building one of the first email client apps on the App Store, Sparrow. We were witnessing this like trend, you know, like first app on the Mac App Store, one of the first email app on iOS. This was a company that Google acquired in 2012 and subsequently led to Jean-Marc's involvement in Inbox by Gmail and the birth of Material Design, a design language created by Google in 2014. And so it was a great moment at Google, actually. I remember that vividly and I'm so happy that I've been there for that. Um, it's like how material design has been created. Actually, I think Inbox was the first app to get released uh, with material design on iOS and Android and on web for, for what it's worth. Jean-Marc has had an incredible contribution to the world of design. Stick around if you want to hear about how to design an app that has over 1.3 billion monthly active users, or as we call it, the impossible app. Subscribe to Things Have Changed podcast on whatever podcast platform you use and check us out on thc-pod.com for more stories on designers like Noah Levin, design director at Figma. If you'd known how important the technology economy was 20 years ago, would you have done things differently? The internet. Cell phones, the cloud, and data. Things have changed, and we're here to talk about it. Hi, I'm Jed. Hi, I'm Shikhar. Welcome to Things Have Changed, your new economics and technology podcast. I wanted to go back to the early 2010s, where at least growing up in India, right? It was um, a novel thing, seeing an iPhone. And um, my dad had just switched from BlackBerry to iPhone. So he started getting the cool things on the iPhone. I don't know if you guys remember the the beer app. You tilt it and the, the beer <laughs> mug fills up. You know, that was yeah. like just mind-blowing to me to see or, something like or that. Or the lighter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Huge. The compass, all of that. And 
you had mail on iPhone, right? With the touchscreen and stuff. And I used to be the guy, since my dad back then had his payment information, I used to be like this dude who used to just go and buy something and be like, let let me check this out. And he'd be like, what are you doing? That costed like... <laughs> 200 rupees, you know, back in India. Here, it's like $3 or something. But it's like, I I just wanted to test it out and see what's out there. And I think that's kind of where I came across really cool UI, sleek design, and where I came across Sparrow. And which is why I'm super, super excited today, because it was the first one that I remembered that had like swiping on your phone where you could swipe and it would go unread or delete or, you know, that's now commonplace. But back then it wasn't. There's was only a few apps and I think Sparrow was leading, leading everyone else by a mile back then. And it is, um, you know, I'm a sucker for like clean, minimalistic thing. I just looked at top charts, didn't even see what the cost of the app is, just went by. And, uh, you know, it's great because now, 10 years later, it's such an honor to have one of the lead architects of Sparrow. Uh, so I'm a big, big fanboy over here. Um, he's gone on to do big things in tech from building and designing products, leading design teams at Google, Facebook. And now he's the director of design at Facebook. So it's, it's huge to have Jean-Marc on Things Have Changed today. And we are super excited. This is a long time coming by the way. So yeah, totally. No, it's it's great, Jean-Marc, to have you on. But, you know, all three of us have roots outside of the United States, right? In the United States, at least, things are a lot faster. You know, in the early 2000s, 2010s, big trends were happening right here. So I guess we'd like to start with your journey back, I'm assuming it's France, and where you kind of got involved in the whole design experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good start. <laughs> um, the roots. Well, um, yeah, like you all, um, I didn't grow up in the in the United States. Um, I grew up in the in a small city. I mean, quote unquote, small city in France, a city called Toulouse. Um, I'm new to. I never like really traveled too much or like you know <laughs> knew anything else than uh, the city I grew up in. I think I always liked design. I, I mean, I'm not going to do like extensive, you know, uh, <laughs> history of, of my past, but uh, I, I always, um, I've been into design. Um, but thanks to my parents' very early years, uh, I had a computer home uh, and that's what started everything really. Um, me and my brother used to love video games. So we had like consoles. So interesting to me, this world of computers, like how can this be a thing? You know, yeah. Like you plug that into like <laughs> the outlet into the TV, and all of a sudden, like things appears on screen, kind of crazy. And we upgraded uh, computers to consoles to computers uh, up to uh, having a PC at home, and that's where I started, you know, uh, playing with Photoshop. And then I had my own PC when I grew up, like when I was around fifteen, sixteen, and I was spending way too much time on computers. So that's why um, I think I sort of failed at school. And I think school in France is really like. Uh, there's like, you have to fit in the mold or else you're out. I was definitely not fitting in the mold. And so I was spending most of my time trying to understand things on my on my own. Um, so I had a PC and you can't imagine how much time I spent at, at the, at the what's what's the word in English? Not the dealership, but the, the, the person who repairs your computer. 
because I was breaking everything. So like from the inside out, so from the a software perspective, right, with DOS back then, hmm. trying to install token ring LAN network so I can play uh, Warcraft with my friends or Diablo, uh, you name it. Um, nice. And so I had to learn all of these things. I was like, you know, 14 back then and I knew like what TCP was, what IP was, what like how to set up a network between a few computers. Um, how to like use DOS or Windows. Once again, it might sound like very kind of cheesy right now, but back then it was like, even my parents didn't know like what the thing was. Built my own website. I started to build a website for my friends. Man. <laughs> it was just fun. Yeah, yeah. Like back then, that was such a novel thing for you guys, for you to actually do all of this because it like the best way to learn a new technology is to actually like dabble with it, right? And so you were building all this. I hope... So you mentioned a few games. I hope you played some amount of Contra as well, because that's how I grew up. I don't know if you... <laughs> of course. Yeah, the two-player. two, two player. But this is a common theme that we have noticed. The folks that are actually creating the stuff, building products, have like spent their whole childhood years either at the console, right? Trying to figure out, trying to game this game, basically trying mm-hmm. to figure out a way out. So you're something about just working those um those levels working how to set up a computer how do i make it look cool from the side so that i can look mm-hmm. in yeah totally i think that's the reason why i was so driven right like i think video games it's just because it's interesting and that's always love to talk about passion and like passion driven people which i think that's how you succeed just like you find what you like and you kind of try to become the best at it right um nice. or at least become a, a really great expert into into that area and so back then it was video games and computers um and definitely not math but yeah i think i i agree and there's a, a logical sense to it that you know video games build into people it just it makes you think outside the box often too uh especially with sort of like older video games yeah. you know like there was so so much creativity and like new ideas back then like everything was new and so you just had to like think outside the box to complete you're the it guy of the neighborhood <laughs> someone's uh, computer's not working let's call up jm to fix yeah this. a little bit <laughs> not, not too far off <laughs> and so while you were you know tinkering with all these different components how how did that lead you into uh getting into sparrow like what was the the uh transition um going yeah 100 um well fast forward um I just dabbled into like Photoshop and all of that stuff. I was really into customization and that's how I, I, I got into Sparrow. Uh, back then you could customize your iPhone, your icons on the, on the phone, you know, everything with Winnerboard. Back then, like you could, it was sort of easy to uh, um, jailbreak. That's, that's always called them. That sounds like so old now. Yeah. The, the, how how to always- jailbreak your phone. It was always the coolest yeah. kid at school that was the one with the jailbroken phone. You're like, how did you do that? And then you, you would charge that. people <laughs> for jailbreaking their phones. Yeah, you can yeah, charge people for <laughs> never done that. I can install uh, that app there. <laughs> but I was really fascinated with icons and the system and the design systems of Apple. And uh, back then, everything was very skeuomorphic, if you remember. Um, obviously, that was like how Steve Jobs uh, envisioned phone and how people will get access and understand how to use those phones right just like make it very simple use like um paradigm that exists in the real world uh, you mentioned the beer the beer you mentioned the lighter you mentioned all of those things yeah. but yeah that's how like people understood the paradigm of like you know oh wow that thing has a gyroscope the compass app 
magical yeah. the first time you use it. You're like, wow, is there like, is there a magnet in there? And like, what's the, what's yeah, this, yeah. this magic? Um, but yeah, so definitely, uh, the segue to Spera was like, I was really into customization. I was part of like Mac themes too, which was like a big board of, uh, uh, um, icons customization and everything iphone customization and even mac customization um, and the funny thing is most of the designer who i know today have sort of like these this this past this common past where they have been part of that board in one way or another um so they contributed to themes or they know people who created those themes and uh, got inspired by them and became designer because of it which was like it's really insane when you think about it and so since I was customizing everything, I was like really into icon design, UI design, et cetera, et cetera. I had, I was freelancing back then and I had like clients who wanted their first iPhone app or first Mac apps too. I was doing a, a little bit of Mac apps, but the story Sparrow and, the, and, and like how I, I, I got to work with Sparrow was, so those guys released a first like alpha slash beta version, clunky as F, <laughs> very not great looking. Uh, sorry, Dom, if you listen to that, but it wasn't great. Um, it was it was one product manager's uh, product manager, uh, Dom Luca, um, yeah. fantastic guy, and one engineer, uh, um, Oa Dinviet. Um, two are like very smart people and like entrepreneurs, basically, uh, who quit their job to like make Sparrow. Like, okay, we're gonna make. An email client and just like who the hell are you like <laughs> what's in your mind yeah, and they had really yeah. stable jobs um uh oh i used to work at apple or amazon like he had the resume of like you know not someone who's gonna quit his job to make a, a, a email app anyways uh so they keep like I, and i started to customize the app for myself so releasing like re redoing the whole app changing all of the graphics for me and you know like a week later they push an update and everything break it breaks Go back to normal, and I have to replace all of the freaking icon again oh, and again, no and then, you know, just like okay. So I reach out to Dom, and I'm like, dude, listen, <laughs> I need to sit you I'm down. Yeah, I'm like, I'm customizing apps. That's the thing I'm doing. I've, I mean, I'm designing apps, but uh, right now, like, have this this pack for Sparrow that I'm like reusing and reusing over and over. It looks like you don't have a designer, or if you do, let's have a chat. But um, can I work for you for free? I don't care. Like I have, I had a full-time job by then and I will gladly do that on my spare time, you know, at night or whatever. I didn't have a kid back then. And so I will gladly just do that. So it's like straight up in the app and I don't have to go through the hustle of like going, like opening the, the packages and like replacing all of the images because sometimes like they changed file names. And so everything was broken basically. So there was a small startup uh, studying basically two employees, which were the two founders. And I don't even know if they were like having a, a, any like salary really um, and i told them i work for free so that's music through their, through their ears like if you're an entrepreneur and a designer wants to work for free i don't think you're gonna say no um so they they said yes uh, and that's how it, the whole story started and uh it was like a great adventure for um more than two years yeah it's isn't it while like i guess i come from a hardware point of view where it's like you need someone designing and then prototyping manufacturing mm -hmm. all of that from create an idea and have it at a consumer's hand right and it's so crazy that you guys how many members did you have in your team at the end of it like five six uh total when we sold out to to google we were or that's see that's that's wild insane this, 
the way <laughs> software scales, you know, it's it's just hard for me to wrap my head around it. But for four people to create that seamless of an experience, it must have been all hands on deck all the time, right? Like trying to fix it was amazing. For, fix bugs and all of that, I bet. Crashes suddenly yeah. become the, you know, top app on the app store back then, which was a, is always mm-hmm. a big deal. But, you know, back then it's for a four member startup. That's crazy. That are not in, not based in the US, which is a big thing people yeah. have to understand as well. Yeah. It was super nuts. For the longest time we were, when we saw we were five, but the fifth member just joined like almost when we were like selling. Oh, wow. Two engineers, one uh, amazing like PM hybrid with almost everything, uh, Dom and uh, one designer, me. Um, and the thing that you have to remember too, we were supporting the desktop version, so the Mac app, the iPhone version. And when we sold to Google, we were working on the iPad app. And I just wish we were able to release that iPad app because that was really fun. That was a really fun app. What I loved about that team is like, no one was really scared about failing. Every idea was on the table. I was chatting with the, with the PM and the CEO like every day, all day about like, what's the future? What are we looking like in two weeks, in a month, in, in a year, in, in five years, 10 years? How was um, the moment that you found out that Google was interested in this product? And, you know, you were questioning it, you know, time and time again, you were asking about the future and whatnot, like, where are we going with this product and whatnot? When Google reached out to you, were you surprised? Yeah, that's a great question. Okay, so actually, the first big corporation to reach out wasn't Google. It was Facebook. Back then, Interesting. <laughs> Facebook reached out to us. Um, I was not that surprised. Not like, once again, not an ego thing or whatever, but like we were witnessing this like trend, you know, like first app on the Mac App Store, one of the first email app on iOS uh, that got us like a lot of eyes yeah. um, and traction. Obviously, I, as, as Shakir mentioned, right, like we were like top one on the on the app stores for a little bit. And so that basically drives a lot of like uh, usage and, and, and not cloud. I don't know what's. Cloud is it? We, we can say yep. cloud. Yeah, cloud. we can say cloud. Now. Yeah, we say um, cloud in this podcast. Yeah. Okay, I don't know if it's a negative term because it's usually like from TikTokers who you know who are doing like yeah. stupid things. Gary uh, B stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but basically, yeah, drove like a lot of. Uh, we had like a lot of coverage uh, online, Bismodo, and like you know all of those uh, cool website back then. Um, so Facebook reached out and we're like, hey, um, we are. We know what you're doing. We love what you're doing. Can you, do you want to come to like uh, Menlo Park and have a chat with us? And I was like, yeah, that, that's cool. That was my dream, right? Like when you are in Europe and you have Facebook or one of these big companies interested, you basically like, damn, I'm going to be drafted into the NBA. <laughs> that's, that's how cool. it felt like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so obviously I was so, I was super, we were all super pumped. So we, we moved there. I mean, we traveled there, um, like everything, you know, like, well accounted for. They have been very nice with us. Um, a few days of interviews on site. Um, turns out it didn't really work out. Uh, won't go into the details, but it really it, did, it didn't turn out the way we wanted um, on both sides. So we were about to go back to Paris uh, at the hotel, and Dom like comes with like <laughs> rushing the room with his computer, uh, like book air. I still remember this. 
freaking computer. Uh, <laughs> and he's like, hey, actually, I got an email from Google. They heard we were like in the US, in California, and they want to they wanna talk to us. So we're going to move back all of the tickets and go reach out to your like relatives that tell them you won't be back tomorrow. And we're going to go chat with them. Um, and the next day, we got a Mountain View and we start chatting with uh, Google. Mm-hmm. And that was really fun. And I really liked their interview process. I mean, both interview was great, but just so fun. Like, I never really travel. And you come to this campus, just like, it's Disneyland. Yeah. Right? And I've never been to Disneyland, but that's how I, like, sort of Im- imagine what Disneyland looks like. Yeah, yeah it's like slides, dinosaurs, flamingos, yeah. beach volleyball yeah. courts. Exactly. This T-Rex. is straight... <laughs> this is straight out of like a movie or a Silicon Valley series where he comes in and he's in his laptop and he's like, dude, Google reached out to us. Like, that's huge. <laughs> uh, and visiting the campus was like exactly what you described, right? Like you have a T-Rex and like people being in flip-flop at work. Like, dude, like in France, that's not a thing. That's like, if you do that, you're getting fired. Like, it doesn't matter if you do your job or not. You don't do that. Um yeah, people at the volleyball, people eating outside and chilling. And I'm like, Jesus, what is this thing? <laughs> it's crazy. Culture shock. Are they even working? What are you guys doing? <laughs> uh, so we chatted with the Gmail team, incredible people. Um, we had a lot of fun interviewing and uh, we shared like, you know, what are you guys working on? Um, and it, it appears that we had a, a really like common goal on things we wanted to do. Uh, a lot of talented people there too um, who became like really big uh influencers within google and outside google um so yeah i mean i think uh yeah when we joined we had uh, uh keith coleman who's now like vp uh the vp at twitter or something mm-hmm. um jason cornwell um uh, michael leggett like all of these people were like og gmail team um and they were doing fantastic work and so yeah basically that's how it turned out like you know uh dom chatted with uh the people at Google and uh, a few, like a, a year later, or not a year later, but a few months later, like most of the people moved to the to the US. Um, I was not employed by Aero back then, so I had to wait for a year to get my visa. But I was working remotely for them, which was also really interesting over that. Uh, but yeah, that's how that's how we joined Google. They wanted to create a Gmail too, basically. That's what they wanted to work on. What is the next version of Gmail? So let's bring like those French people with their weird accent smoking cigarettes <laughs> uh, wearing white shirts like um coming there and like you know help us build the vision um but it was really great it has been great for a few of us less great for uh other part you can imagine all of the changes right going from four or five people moving like shipping things weekly daily and like iterating uh, every week we had like we, we were making tremendous progress to a team who is like a little bit bigger gmail you know <laughs> just a little bit bigger a tiny just, bit yeah a tiny bit. just eight years later the biggest email client ever in history but yeah <laughs> not, not no biggie <laughs> uh, so it was quite a, an interesting an interesting ride um but eventually you know like uh uh, uh we were thinking about something that became uh, Inbox by Gmail. Uh, what is the next version of Gmail could be? How can you help people do like all of the chores? They're like, email shouldn't be a, you know, chores, but that's the way it is right now. You get a lot of spam. You get a lot of things that you don't really want because you bought something and like they sold your info or something. And then like you're in more mailing list. 
Um, so basically trying to help people not get to inbox zero because that's like kind of um, not something you will ever be able to do, um, but really like help them have an inbox that is a little more seamless um, with what they want to do. Um, and a lot of people are using their inbox at their to-do list too. So maybe, you know, we can help them um, have both in one place. So, I mean, you know, moving, you already mentioned moving from a small team to this massive team with greater resources was kind of a, a huge change for you. And you must have been learning a lot. And it sounds like metrics started becoming, you know, another main focus for you. But I just want to talk about like, um, what are the biggest things that have changed from a design perspective from your approach um, at Sparrow versus when you started working with these giants um, at Gmail, I guess, and when you were building that with them? Yeah, that was a, that was definitely a challenge, but I love the ride. That, I mean, definitely, it wasn't easy, but I love the ride. Um, when you're curious and passionate, like you will learn in any situation, really. And like, what else, what better situation to work at Google? Like, and when I was talking to my friends back home, they were like, oh man, yeah, yeah, I did. Like I could learn from everyone there and everyone is so smart, right? So you learn, like you, you don't spend a day without learning something. Um, on the design side of things was kind of interesting because back then, um, uh, Google was using something they called Kennedy internally. I don't know if that was like the outside name, but basically remember the orange and the grays. Um, yeah. they had a transition with the old school Gmail or the old school Google design language to Kennedy, um, which were supposed to look a little bit like clean and up to date, which really, I mean, was, but not to the full extent. Uh, and it was not really evolving either. Right. So we were like, when I joined, I had to design an email client, which was like sort of flat, gray and orange. And I was like, guys, that's not going to work. Uh, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to like ruin your plans, but that's not going to do it for people. That's like one, one of the reasons Sparrow was successful is because it was like very much, um, in line with the trends and things that were happening. And like, that was what people were expecting when they download an email client or anything, an app on the phone. They accept, they accept nothing but the best. And that's like, the whole culture of the app app store too, right? If you want to be the best, you have to be, to have like you be, you you need to be leading in features, in the engineering, in design, in interactions, in you know delight, everything uh, and above and below <laughs> and in between. Uh, and if you don't do that, you're not gonna download it. No one is gonna care about your app. Um, so it was it was quite an interesting uh, thing, and that kind of leads me to material design actually. Uh, Good segue. Didn't plan for it, but thanks for the question. Um, and so back then there was no material design. Back then, uh, Nicholas Jitkoff and Jonathan was like two guys working in, in somewhere in a campus of like this great idea about like thinking about a visual design system that can, that can elevate itself, that can like morph, uh, but brilliant ideas around like how can you morph the UI to make it more approachable? Uh, or can you help people with like, you know, elevation so they understand what's uh, on top and creating this layering system that never, no one really ever approached this way before. And so it was a great moment at Google, actually. I, I remember that vividly and I'm so happy that I've been there for that. Um, it's like how material design has been created, basically. And so we, there was a, a lot of people passionate about design. We had a small group around like material design and and, uh, and apps. So uh, I know you you interviewed Noah Levin. 
And so Noah Levin, myself, and a few other at Google were like in this group, iOS group, oh, where no like, way. okay, how? Yeah, 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 totally. And we're like, how can we make mature what? designs amazing cool. on iOS? That is cool. Uh, and so he was leading the search design back then uh, on iOS. Uh, it's not even the search. It was like the Google app, right? He was leading the Google app uh, um, on iOS, which was starting to get a lot of traction too. Um, and so we were thinking about, okay, so how all those things will materialize? And we were really closely with the material team to actually, I think Inbox was the first app to get released uh, with material design on iOS and Android and on web for, for what it's worth. Um, so we work really closely with them on that. That's, that's so, so this is the first time two guests are coinciding and actually we're genuinely shocked because we didn't realize uh, you guys had overlap <laughs> during your career, but it's, that's kind of cascaded and it's basically across every software company you have that now. That's become the standard template and yeah. Yeah, I remember like being, it was a very small team back then, like a few engineers, uh, Nicholas, Jonathan, Noah, uh, Jeremy Goldberg was also part of it. Like, it's so interesting to have all of these people that later on in your career, you, you, you'll, you'll work, uh, closer with. I work really closely with Jeremy on Messenger. Now, Nicholas is at Facebook. So I also like interact with him a little bit. So, you know, working with, these leaders in design and you being one of them, like what were your biggest like discoveries in uh, design as you were trying to figure out, you know, how can we make this the best experience? I think when you work with all of those people that are so smart, um, as I mentioned, you learn things every day, really. You go to work and you're just like so pumped because you know you're going to learn new things and you're going to get challenged. At Google, a lot of the thing that was like really cool was, uh, someone mentioned it, I think Shakir mentioned it, but like the, amount of resources they have, right? So user research, uh, content design, um, data science, like all of those tools that you just don't even think about when you're a small startup uh, or barely think about, all of that is like within the company. Um, so you get a lot of insight really quickly, which is great. It uh, helps like, you know, move faster, like scaling teams and like now being part of like big orgs. It's actually really interesting, the trade-offs. Like when you're really big, how fast you can move, you know, what is like the perfect size to move equally, like to move fast, still being like doing innovation. Um, I think at Google, it was interesting how much of the UXR, so the user research, uh, so basically auditing people, having people, you know, um, in a room, uh, trying to use the prototypes and understand how they use Gmail, um, is you learn so much, but it actually makes your decision-making way more complex. So let me let me dive into the details real quick uh, or give you an example. Yeah. Yeah. So Gmail, as we know it, is the ultimate toolbox and it does everything. And it's going to do the things you want it to do. So if you are an Inbox Zero person, it's going to help you get there, right? It's totally doable. I'm in Inbox Zero person. I have actually two emails in my inbox. That's probably um, driving you crazy. Yeah, I kind of want to archive them, but uh, yeah, uh, uh, it's just like it's it's serving it's the purpose is a to-do list right so that's how i use them most of the people they don't use it like that most of the people they have thousands and thousands and thousands of unready that's dead you would literally go on a no, 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 dude, killing I just said spree 11, his, it's not yeah. bad <laughs> <laughs> but that's fine too that's how people use it you know just like it's constantly noise constantly like new messages and at some point you know people don't want to put in the work 
You don't want to open your computer to do even more work, right? And you just want you don't just want to get to your freaking messages. But you learn that basically Gmail can do everything. People will use Unread as like a to-do list or a, re or a reminder for things they want to do. People will use Label. People will use rules and labels. Um, so much complex setups. And basically what you're trying to do is trying to create something similar that does that automatically for everyone. So guess what? That's not possible. You're never going to be able to do that. You can serve like, I don't know, like 2 billion people. Or I don't know what's the number, like the crazy number of like user we had back then. Uh, but you can serve like that many people and make sure your app will fit exactly how they use Gmail today. Hmm. Not a thing. Hmm. Uh, and so you try to create an impossible app, basically. Just like really try to, okay, if I do this prototype, those people are going to be happy, but those people are not. Okay, so what are the trade-offs we can do to make like, to meet in the middle? And so it's a game of like meeting in the middle and you always meet in the middle. <laughs> and that's why I think sometimes a lot of like uh, small setups are going with the guts, right? Just like I'm the user. I don't really, I don't have access to UXR, so I don't really care. I'm just going to make an app that I'm going to use and it's going to be really great. And some of those like the app we know today and are the most success successful and are still our startups are really like that Instagram. You know, they didn't like, I'm sure they didn't do a market research about like, okay, we're going to be our target audience. It's going to be influencers. Yeah. Hey man, I want to feed with pictures uh, for, from me and my friend. That's it. <laughs> and have some filters. That's up. it. Yeah. Yeah. Just make it nice and like, make it like, I don't have to do the work of like editing them. That's it. Simple. Um, one idea. And that's where sometimes like, it's interesting balance between gut feelings and, you know, conviction versus like trying to understand and nail down the problem like from bottom bottoms up uh and then trying to release something and i think for the G for inbox uh it took a long time to uh incubate and definitely i think it was more the latter trying to understand really how people are going to use it and that's fair right when you have like one billion i don't remember the, name, the number but when, when you have so many users you don't want to fuck it up you have one release you don't want to you don't want to miss it yeah sp speaking on having a billion users like how stressful was that for you? <laughs> I mean, you, you know, every time you come out with a, a new version, a new iteration, a new uh, feature, like how much testing do you have to go through to make sure you don't fuck anything up? <laughs> yeah, not really. I mean, you kind of abstract the numbers, like the scale at some point. You know, I, I, I don't want to sound like um, like a dick or anything, but you, you kind of abstract that at some point. Just like... You know the process. The process works. You're gonna we're gonna test it. We're gonna roll out. We're gonna do like you know, a small rollout. You're gonna we're gonna gather data. We we know if it's gonna work or not. Um, and that's why it's we're usually very careful in adding feature. Right? You want to make sure when you add something, it's really easy to add stuff. You can add like features every week. Right? Removing feature not so much because a subset of the of your user base is gonna start using it. That's what that is what's happening with Gmail and other apps, right? In Gmail, try removing labels today. People are gonna be are gonna be super mad. Um, even features like important inbox, you know, I don't know if you have ever been, if you ever use that, but try to remove that. A lot of people are using it, yeah. um, so it's really it's really hard to remove things uh, out of uh, from people. So definitely, yeah. uh, you want to be mind uh, and thoughtful when you had new things. The most recent. Uh update that I remember happening uh, for an app uh, amongst my friends was uh, Spotify. They they revamped mm -hmm. their whole layout. 
how you have playlists. Uh, they have like the recents now. And a lot of my roommates were pissed off. They're like, I hate this new layout. It's like, dude, people so are so aggressive. Oh, yeah. Would you kind of tell us a little bit about, you know, you have just built a quote unquote, the impossible product, right? <laughs> In Gmail. And you've been part of that process. Um, surely you have generated a lot of clout for that, right? And <laughs> I'm wondering what happened um, and, and which part of the process were you able to think about or how you were initiated in in uh, Facebook. Yeah, when we released Inbox 2014, yes. That was like a lot of work. I, I spent a lot of energy on that release uh, to make it like the most attractive, the best app out there yeah. uh, using material design. I wanted to like represent Google the best way I could, right? Uh, that was the first product I will ship at Google. So I wanted to make that the best thing. Um, I think a lot of people were really into it. Um, and that was great. I loved the whole process and, and everything I learned. But I was kind of not. I think I've done a lot of email work. You were emailed out. For a little yeah. bit. And so <laughs> I, I wanted, like, yeah, I was like, okay, I'm done. I want to try something else. Um, and one of the great things that Google is like, they work on so many things, right? You can work on Gmail today and work on a self-driving car tomorrow. So I was about to leave Google and um, I had the opportunity to work for Daydream. So the AR, VR team at Google. So I had a chat with Clay and uh, John who are like amazing people. And, you know, I was like, are you really like allowing me to have like a job there? I, I know nothing about the space. I'm literally like don't know nothing. And they were like, yeah, it's cool. You learn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay let's do it so i joined the, the daydream team and that was a really well right i loved it going back to knowing nothing and learning everything every day kind of kind of vibes i work with the most like smart people in the industry people who worked on google glass people who worked on android wear robotics stuff at google incredible and that was the design team by the way <laughs> not the engineering team so I go to work every day and I see to someone who like design robots for Google, uh, Thor. I love that guy. Uh, I had such a blast. I was sitting next to him. He, he teach me 3D. He is an old school 3D modeler and like artist. He's, do, he's done like incredible work for Daydream. Um, and I was like the new guy, very visual. Like I love, you know, I'm more of a visual design uh, background. So I wanted to do something cool and like for people who use regular software that are not 3D, you can do something cool in 3D really quickly, right? With shadows and the sphere. And he's like, dude, what are you doing? It's a sphere. I'm like, no, dude, look at the shadows. They're so good. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't get it. Never got it. He's like, dude, it's a sphere. What are you doing? So he's like, it's multimedia. He was making fun of me. <laughs> learned a lot. Spent a lot of time learning 3D, learning uh, Unity. Uh, I... I was. I had a challenge with one of the guy who's uh, out there. You probably should have him on your podcast. Ruby Tillon. He's he's amazing. Um, he's doing a lot of NFT lately and etc. And we learned 3D and we had this challenge of doing sort of dailies and trying to do as cool stuff as people was doing. Yeah, he's all over the news. <laughs> if people doesn't know, he's a 3D artist who puts like one artwork every day, and he's been doing that for ten years or something like that. Uh, anyways, learning 3D like this way. Um, and after we released the Daydream launcher, so Daydream, uh, I kind of didn't want to work in AR, VR, or VR that much. 
Um, and I wanted to get my hands on managing a, a small team mm -hmm. of product designers. And that's where uh, Facebook reached out. Um, basically, we released uh, uh, Daydream and a Messenger reached out to me and tell me like, hey, we have a job. You want to, you know, come and see us? Um, and as I mentioned, I also like communication uh, apps, you know, uh, that was like the thing I really love because that's what I'm using. That's what I use to communicate with my family, my friends, yeah. my wife. Um, and so definitely super interested into that, uh, especially the, the real time communication aspect of it, which I mentioned too, uh, on Gmail and Google, you know, it's a thing that's kind of a barrier to like a better experience kind of holds you up. Um, and back then, David Marcus was the the the, the VP or oh, the, yeah. the leader of, of Messenger. He's a French guy, yeah, and I was yeah. looking at all of these interviews of him. I was not like a fanboy, but I really I really respected him, like very deeply respected him. Um, I could see from the outside all of these very smart movie was doing with the businesses, with the bots, with AI, uh, with the M assistant, all of those stuff. Um, the app was like blooming, and there was so many cool ideas in there. And so I, I did the interview process and I was really into it. So were you, so did they make the decision to redesign Messenger before they reached out to you? Or was that something that happened as you were brought onto the team? So when they reached out to me, uh, this, was, this was not on the, in, the, in, the, in their buckets of things to do. Um, I led the redesign with, uh, with a few people within Messenger. That was a, a year after I joined. Uh, that was amazing too, by the way. That was a really great experience. But uh, no, the big redesign, so what we call M4 internally. Yeah, when I joined, there was a lot of things to be done within Messenger, such as the design system, which was not a thing. Yeah, it feels like you had some unfinished business with messaging in general, because you start, so Sparrow, then Box by Gmail, then a bit of a break, uh, testing new waters in ARVR stuff, then coming back to Messenger. So like, you spoke briefly about how you were building a product for billions of people at Gmail. What is it like with regards to Messenger? That's, I guess you can consider it as a similar like bracket, but you're talking about billions of messages every day. I mean, when I joined, I didn't want to like reinvent the wheel. The wheel was working really well. So you don't do that. You don't mm. fix things that are not broken or you just make things better. Uh, I think the first thing I worked on was really added value. So one of the the first features I worked on was uh, reactions. It was not a thing back then. Uh, and not of, I don't think any apps really had reactions. Um, message definitely didn't have them. Yeah. Uh, but we worked on that and like we prototyped, we tested it and we released. It was like super successful. We're still building on top of that feature today. Um, so you don't want to reinvent the wheel. You just want to make the wheel faster and better. That's like, that's the job. Um, and that is like internally or externally, right? So externally will be like releasing feature, but internally is like, how can you make the processes better? And so that was sort of like where the changes was for me in my career, whereas where at Google, I was more on the in individual contributor side of things. Whereas on Messenger, I was more on the manager side of things. So what they call like leadership. Um, you impact the, the 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 product in different ways, right? When you're individual contributor, like you're gonna design new things, you're gonna think about uh, uh, features. When you manage, you're gonna help people do that. Uh, 
uh, while still trying to put like your grain of salt into the whole equation, um, like thinking about features or less around like how you're going to execute on them, but more on a strategic approach or strategic level. Hmm. Yeah. You know, just touching on impact, I, when you mentioned uh, coming out with the reactions, you can see the impact in every single social network. You have it on LinkedIn now has reactions. Teams. On on Teams. Teams also uh, has it. Mm-hmm. Everything, yeah. Yeah, you can't have a chat app today without reaction. Like that's the, that's the baseline expectation for people. Or the really simple things, right? Like the mention at someone mm. that was not in the messenger. And that's one of the things we wanted to build. Wow. And same thing today, it's really hard to think about an app without mentioning, like at mention, especially when you deal with groups or large groups. Yeah. Um, yeah. I get so. frustrated when I don't see that. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what the hell is this? Why can't I call somebody out in this group? So on, on the current app, right, I'm going to go on me- Messenger right now. Uh, like it seems so super sleek, right, to me. But what has been the hardest thing on this for you to actually what was a tough nut to crack? Was it... Oh, I can tell you that. <laughs> I know exactly what that is. <laughs> I, I'm looking at the functionality that Messenger has. Now you, your team let the, um, the whole mapping Instagram and Facebook as one mm-hmm. entity. And then now video rooms. So you guys can now play games and stream it together. Kind of like a Twitch take. So it feels like Messenger has become its own thing. But yeah, I'd, I'd love to know what you look at the app right now as someone who's worked behind the scenes. And what do you say? Damn, that really kicked me hard. Oh, I exactly know what. So whenever it comes to information architecture, like number of tabs and entry points, that's always something really, really hard. Um, because that's, once again, the needle, right? From the business side of things, of the user side of things. The user is going to want to have like a very simple UI to use, yeah. a really simple interface. With like not a lot of buttons, so they don't have to remember, you know, uh, how that works, and everything is really simple to use. On the other side of the business, you create things, you create video rooms, you create, uh, you know, stories, create like all of these cool features that you know people are gonna love. But if you don't like put that in front of their eyes, they will never discover it. So how in finding this balance? And once again, this balance is like. I still walk the line. I'm like on this line and we try like, and I think as a messenger team, it's not myself, as a messenger team, we try to go like one way or the other and we still like, you know, progress forward, uh, trying to balance those two things. Um, And it's always really hard to like maintain something really simple. Uh, But sometimes it's for the benefit of the user, right? You don't have to be like hyper conservative, but like, I just don't want like three icons. Sometimes four icon is okay because if that has real benefits and real user value instantly, it's a win for the user. And that's what that's the, that's the end game here. You want the user to be happy and to have like something they can work with and understand. It's come a long way, right? From just being a message icon in Facebook to now its own standalone thing, which has billions of people using. So now it's its own entity, it feels like. So yeah. Yeah. One thing that was uh, really exciting for me, at least for me in this group, was uh, was dark mode. Oh. Um, yeah. <laughs> that is something, obviously, like, we he, he put it up, and I thought you were going to say that, actually. He put it up. He put up his, um, yeah, I saw his it. messenger, and he Yo, was on dark mode, There's right? nothing in that's... my life that is in dark mode. Nothing. <laughs> I was like, damn, it's that looks really... good. I don't know who designed it, but that looks fantastic. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's good it does it does it does look sexy and you know what like that changes the game for me for some reason i did not enjoy the messenger ui until i had dark mode that's oh, true wow. story but i really like dark mode in general in in other apps as well you know i just like how it fucking looks you're right it's sexy um but not defeated anymore i know that um that process for you you know you talked about it in one of your talks and everything um and it sounds like one of the more exciting things that you worked on in, in messenger in itself and I just wanted to ask you, like, from this conversation, um, how was the process of going through that, going through this massive redesign, um, working with all these uh, PMs and all these engineers to redesign certain parts of the pages to get dark mode? And why, I guess, what I'm wondering is, I'm not a designer, right? I don't know what this is, but why was it difficult, right? Because it seemed like that was uh, uh, a point of your, your talk to say that, oh, we had to redesign everything. We had to create new things because of dark mode and whatnot. Why is that the case from a non-designer's perspective? Yeah, totally. Um, there's a lot of things that goes into building dark mode. Um, obvious things is going to be the assets. So one icon is going to be like, you know, in light mode. So uh, it's going to use like a dark or a black outline. And you just can't say to the OS, like just, you know, invert. Because there's mm. a mode that exists, it's called invert, mm. but you know, it's not looking fantastic because the color are not made for that specific mode. So on the one end, there's like all of the assets part, right? Um, just like redoing the icons, the colors too. The colors, when you switch to dark mode, they need to be adapted because we usually uh, use more brighter color in light mode. And so the contrast ratio needs to be addressed. And so you don't want to do one-offs when you do that. You want to be very systematic, right? You want to be very smart about it. So you don't rebuild all of your color systems like as a one-shot. You need to make that scale. So that takes time. Um, the other thing is going to be the contrast ratio of all of the app. Because now you're in dark mode, you have a black background and you have to make sure accessibility is, 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 uh, is okay and is valid for people. So they can still use the app et cetera, et cetera. Um, there's work, there's a massive amount of work from the engineering side of things too, to make sure we can support the both things and switch the assets, switch the colors when we're in one mode or the other, um, and as well as on design. So design needs to look at all of the screens of the app and make sure accessibility works, contrast ratio works, all of the icons are uh, accounted for, et cetera, et cetera. So it's definitely quite a, a massive amount of work, even more when you try to pull off a complete redesign of the app. It's just like the cherry on the top, but for people who have been were spending like month and month trying to get to the goal of building M4 and the new redesign, it's like they don't want we don't want to do that right now. It's it's the easy thing you can cut off the roadmap to make sure you deliver on time and quality. So that's that's where it was like it's not, it's not hard per se, but it was on top of all of the things that was really hard to do and we were trying to pull off. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess to at least wrap up this conversation, right? It's so inspiring to see um, someone who is not from here come over here and really rise the, r go through the ranks, you know, designer and then go to manager. And now, obviously, you're the director and you've led products to something on, you've led and design products for things all of us take for granted. Like we use it every day. So like, we would love to know like what, um, you spoke about it earlier, um, about passion kind of leading you, but we'd love to know what kind of um, helps in succeeding as, um, as you did coming from a different country and still, you know, taking off from there. 
A good question. I always sound super cheesy when I answer that question, uh, but I'll go with it and I, I'm, I'm going to own it. Um, we so love cheese here. Don't worry. <laughs> so to me, passion, I mean, this is all I know, right? I don't have like diploma. Uh, I dropped out of school really early. The only thing that I think got me where I am today, uh, obviously a bit of luck, but also like passion and work, work ethic and passion. So when you find someone you really love and some th- something like you really like to do, be, you, you know, Steve Jobs used to say that, right? Like you're going to spend your whole life doing that. So you better find like something you like. It's hard to find. And I, and I really, and I understand that it's not easy to, it's really easy to say, just like, Hey, find what you like. And it's hard to find your way and the things you really, you really enjoy doing. Uh, but it's worth spending the time because when you realize and when you find what that is, then you can invest yourself. Um, and it's not a competitive approach. It's just like, you know, when you like something, you're going to want to be better. And the more you're going to practice, the more you're going to get better at it. Um, you're going to want to, it's like, it's like a, a competition, but like without being competitive. Uh, you're going to aspire to be better because the things you're going to produce are going to be better. And that's right in every business that I know of or every like area that I know of, right? You want to be better at like uh, producing apples, then you're going to find like the best way to produce like the best apples. Um you want to, and that's the same for design. That's the same for engineering. That's the same for everything. Just find what you like and spend the, the the right amount of time. And when you're young, you have like a lot of time. So you know that's a great moment for uh, your brain works really well, and that's a perfect time to ramp up and become like the the master of the craft of the thing that you want to be the, the best at. That's one side of the thing. The other side of the thing is, um, and uh, uh, sorry for quoting Steve Jobs too much here, but like connecting the dots. Right? Eventually, the dots will connect together. It would just stress the process. Um, work on the thing that you want to work on. You know, I work on uh, messaging and I work on customization, which lets me to Sparrow. Um, I worked on email, which led me to work on Gmail. I work on day, uh, Daydream, which led me to learn 3D, which led me to do NFT today wow. and like uh, get better in, in 3D. That's so um, cool. Uh, I had some like, experience with management that I was not really happy with and I wanted to become a manager, then I I, I did that. Um, I think I, I became a pretty good manager. Um, and so, you know, you just spend the time there and that's will connect eventually. Um, so that's two. And three is like, and that's, and that's another thing that's really easy to do and Steve Jobs is, is used to say, but everybody's going to die at some point. So live your day the, the fullest you can. Failure is, is fine. Failure is, is just like one of the things that you will grow from. Try things. Uh, if they works, it's great. Put your guts into it. Put your work, put the work into it. And sorry for the dark <laughs> note, but like you can die tomorrow. So you need to enjoy the moment. Yeah. You need to like be present. And you know, that's, that's a lot of the things that we see. People are getting a lot of worries about the future, but like, Hey, but what if I fail? What if this doesn't work? Well, you're not there yet. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. You don't know. It's the Schrodinger future. You don't know until you're there. Spend the time in the right, in the moment to get the things you like and get to, and get better. Well, that's probably the best uh, take we've got on THC. So yeah, that, that was great. I started off teary-eyed having you on uh, through Sparrow and stuff. And now I end it. We end it with me teary-eyed. Thanks to that. Full circle. <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> Full circle. Yeah. The thing that I love, I mean, I, I'm, I'm quoting... Uh, I want to make sure uh, it's not my own words. Like if you look at Steve Jobs' announcement, uh, um, what's what's it called exactly? Give me a sec, I'll find out. But he have he does have like a, a speech announcement speech. I think that's what what they call it in America inaugural speech, like for inaugural graduation. speech. That just check this one. Steve Jobs, two thousand five Stanford 
commencement address but it's fucking heavy like, i always get back to that yeah, yeah. <laughs> i always get back to this one honestly it, when it, i'm down i'm just playing that video it, and i'm like fuck yeah it hits different <laughs> it hits different let's go <laughs> oh yeah 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 but yeah uh sean mark we've had such an honor hosting you on um we just want to kind of give you the stage how can people find you and check out the stuff you've designed i know you're really active on instagram putting some really cool stuff mm-hmm. and youtube and youtube and your nft collection which is looking sick and hopefully we can have you on just so that we can chat about that because that's such a fascinating space. lots of chat about that yeah uh, super passionate about that yeah such a fascinating um, space as well yeah also time for plugs uh, i'm uh, sort of on twitter uh, I don't post too much, but I am uh, JM Dennis ME on Twitter. Instagram is for for my 3D stuff, so it's JM Dennis. That's where I post most of the 3D stuff I'm doing. Yep. I have a portfolio JMD.IM, but yeah, that's it. You know, I don't post too much on social. I use Instagram to like it's a playground for me for all of the 3D stuff I'm doing. So you will see weird stuff in there, uh, but you know, it's yeah, it's a process. Hope it's. Uh... Not as weird as the Michael Jackson Donald Trump thing. No, no, no? okay. <laughs> you'll you'll just find monkeys and like, you know, monkeys and sci-fi people. Yeah. And I was noticing whatever. that. I was like, man, this is some Planet of the Apes dystopian scene where it's like you're up against something, and yeah, it, it yeah, always feels. I did that, that one. Yeah, that's kind of cool. I, I always loved the idea of like containers. You know, it's yeah. just like such a representation of like modern life. Like I live in, in the Bay Area and from my window here, I can see the Bay and those big cargo container with all of these like containers on top of it. I'm like, what's in there, dude? Just like paper, toilet paper, like my the thing I bought from Amazon. You know, it's in there. Yeah. And it's just like such a representation of, of, our, of our day and age. Like everything is in containers. And yeah, the, the last piece was like around, you know, like hers, like in in. in the future where apes go again and just like what the fuck are those containers <laughs> basically and yeah, the the the, cool. the building of containers no that's anyways that's that's great cool thank you so much uh, jean-marc yeah of course pleasure to meet you man thanks for having me that was dope hey thanks so much for listening to our show this week you could subscribe to us and if you're feeling generous well you could even leave us a review trust me it goes a long long way You could also follow THC at THC underscore pod on Twitter and LinkedIn. This is Things Have Changed. Things Have Changed.